0: A podcast shedding light on how healing is an inside job. Keys to your inner power and total transformation. Discussing wholeness, wellness, and the effects of the mind on the physical and energetic parts of our being. Sacred knowledge that inspires us to look within, to find our own unique path. Release and rewire to become what you truly are, strong, whole,
1: and empowered.
0: Welcome to the Empowered Mind, Empowered Health podcast, the keys for heart and mind living, for the conscious game changers please like, share, and subscribe. Just be the wave. Today we have Dr. Lise Janelle. Dr. Janelle is a renowned inner game coach and founder of the Center for Heart Living. She helps her clients align their subconscious goals with their inner heart-driven goals. Dr. Janelle has a background as a holistic chiropractor and has developed the heart freedom method. She is author of two books, Conversation with the Heart, and you're loved. She's currently co-writing a book with Jack
1: Confield on her heart freedom method. Welcome
0: Dr. Janelle.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's fantastic. Thank you for having me. I, I, uh, I think all of us who want to connect from the heart, we all have to get together and we have to bring the messages of coming from the heart instead of fear throughout the world.
0: A very important message right now. So what you're doing is incredible. Dr. Janelle, what a beautiful mission you're on. And
1: how did it all start? Well, it started in uh, 1988. My father was diagnosed with terminal cancer, given nine months to live. That was three weeks before my sister's wedding. A week after the wedding, my 21-year-old brother died in a car accident. And then within a month of that, my eight-year relationship to the man I thought I was going to marry ended. And it was so, so, so painful. That To survive it, it sent me on a quest to understand how do we live life when we are sent challenges like this? What do we do? Because it's not if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to happen. So what do we do? so that we don't go flat like a pancake, you know, whenever these things happen. So that's what sent me on a quest to understand basic universal principles that could allow me and others to to live with more inner peace, feeling safe, feeling abundant, feeling healthy, feeling loved. Mm -hmm. And uh, in 1989, I met two of my most important mentors. One is Dr. Scott Walker, who created a method called the NET, which stands for Neuro Emotional Technique. And uh, if you like to watch Grey's Anatomy, they showed the NET on the May episode of last year, 2019. And the other mentors I met was um, Dr. John Demartini. So NET taught me the power of the subconscious mind, and I have tools to help me find when beliefs get stored in the body and create blocks to our ultimate potential. And through um, Dr. Demartini, I learned the power of gratitude. And I ended up creating a method called the heart freedom method to combine both of these things, because I was in a seminar with Dr. Demartini, and I was doing my own work, my inner work, and often my heart opened up so wide. I can tell you that an extreme case of gratitude gives you a state of grace. And in that state of grace, you can see things that people who've had near death experiences will tell you they've experienced. And that's what ended up happening to me. My heart ended up so wide open. I ended up in this altered state and I was shown without words. It was like when people say they died and they come back. So I was shown without words that everything that ever happened, everything that is happening, everything that will ever happen to us is there for us to grow in love and wisdom. And then boom, I came down from there. I was like, wow, this was so amazing that state of being was so amazing my every day of my life i'm striving to go back and connect there but i also wrote a mission statement the following day and then part of my mission statement i wrote that i wanted to help heal the hearts of millions of people through maximizing their life potential so uh, in a nutshell that's how i ended up (laughs) on this mission and i've been at it since 1989 every day of my life since 1989 has been dedicated to creating this body of work and uh, i'm pretty proud of it because the heart freedom method is a really powerful way of finding the moment when uh, an emotion got stored that's holding back and i love working with homeopaths because no, we, I can help the homeopath know exactly what is the emotion connected. So that it helps to find a remedy faster. And combining the heart freedom method with a homeopathic remedy is magical.
0: Yeah, incredible. Um, Dr. Divya Chambra is one of my mentors. And she has a method of looking to the subconscious where we have these blocks that stop us from achieving or connecting and being who we truly are. So that's, and so how do you find it? How do you connect to the subconscious?
1: Well, I have different methods. If someone is uh, on the phone or on a Zoom call, I just use the body sensation. So we find a moment, I check someone like, you know, I'm ready, willing and able to be in a relationship. I find this all the time, people there's usually a story. And so I just get the person to scan their body. We end up feeling the sensation. From using the sensation, then I can access the subconscious mind and then the, the memory just pops right up and then we can do the work and really release the beliefs that's stored in there. Because relatively speaking, our conscious mind that wants something, like a relationship or a career or financial abundance or to lose weight or all these things, you know, we wish. Relatively speaking, our conscious mind that wants that is the size of a football. And our subconscious mind that's in charge of our survival, the football field. So when the subconscious mind decides, you know, what you want consciously is too dangerous, we're not going to let you have this. So it constantly sabotages us that way.
0: Right. And it's from a program that probably got placed in early childhood.
1: Yeah, quite often I find before the age of seven, because uh, before the age of seven, we are in alpha state and we are more... um, impressionable, we, it's easier for people to, to impress us. After seven, seven is also a very powerful point I find. Before the age of seven, but at seven, this seems to happen to many people, uh, incidents that make them doubt that they're worthy of love because the basic for, basis for all my work is the illusion that we are, we are unworthy of love because there are two stages to human development. I find. Mm -hmm. Stage one is the unconscious asleep infantile stage. And the second one is the conscious, awake and mature stage. Everybody makes it through stage one, but not everybody makes it through stage two. The difference between stage one and stage two is that in stage one, we are driven by the outer world and and it's i believe it's the divine design that's been given to us because right from the get go love has to come from the outside if it doesn't come from the outside uh, you're going to die so we get tricked into always looking to the outside to look out for us and when the outside world reacts to us the way we want it we feel great we feel powerful we feel like i'm amazing And when the outer world does not react to us the way we want it, we go, what's wrong with me? And we start creating stories about our worth that have nothing to do with the truth. It's not because your mom all of a sudden decides to have another sibling that something is wrong with you. It's not because she's busy with the baby and has not as much time for you that you're unworthy of love. But this is what happens to kids. So we create stories about our worth depending on how the world reacts to us and we grow up and... You know, we go to school, we have a best friend, and one day it's our best friend, but next day someone has a better toy, and now, you know, we are dumped, and then we feel like, oh my God, like, what's wrong with me? And then now we might associate having toys with, you know, things with being liked, and then we have our first crush. That never works out, (laughs) never lasts. It's rare that it lasts. And then we get again heartbroken and we go, what's wrong with me? Now we are accumulating more and more reasons of believing that something is wrong with us. And I find that this is perfect design because if we all remembered who we are at our essence, I believe that love love is not an emotion. It's our essence. It's who we are so if we all were connected to that essence what would happen is we would we would be buddha-like we would have no desire we would have nothing is missing and we wouldn't be able to function on planet earth so we all had to forget about our divine nature to be able to function on planet earth and that's part of the design of you know uh, stage one we run away from pain towards pleasure and it gets us to develop interests and talents and things that we like doing people around us who create a whole life based on that but that's it's necessary to function in in stage one which i also call boot camp stage one is the boot camp we have to all go through and if we're lucky we wake up and we start shifting to stage two and what i was describing earlier when you asked me you know what started your journey well i find that's a very common way that people wake up to stage two i call that the baseball bat approach (laughs) so something happens either we lose our career or we lose our health or we um we lose someone we love or something happens that makes us go whoa the way i've been living does not work i need to find a new way of living either that or you get inspired like this podcast that we're doing together. Those of you are listening right now, highly recommend that you don't wait for the baseball bat to wake yourself up and you start moving more towards stage two. And in stage two, what happens is we start living from our own heart and our heart wants us to know two things. First, it wants us to know that we are worthy of love. And the second thing that our heart wants us to know is our dreams and aspirations. Those, those is like, I always use the yin and the yang. That's why it's my logo inside our heart is the yin is the female principle of listening and the yang is the male principle of acting. So when you, you are in tune with the listening part and you don't act on giving your heart what it wants, you get depressed. But if you're too stuck on the doing part, the active part, and you don't connect it to your heart, you end up burning out. So it's important to have both sides, the listening, the yin, the, and the action part, the yang. That's why the, the symbol is a perfect rendition of what needs to happen. This is actually the yin and yang for me is how I use, I, that's the symbol I use to, to express what success is all about. Wow, I love that because it makes perfect
0: sense. And yes, we don't want to wait for the baseball bat, (laughs) but to listen to your heart or your what else can we call it? Your inspiration. How do you describe it?
1: I find it's a lot easier to listen to the heart when we have gratitude. So I often find that's the way in. for me love is not an emotion is our state of being it's our essence we we connect with the heart the, the heart is like conduit to our soul and mm-hmm. our soul is a connection to the infinite so there are four things that live in the heart one is love the other one is gratitude the other one is inspiration and then wisdom and when you have all of those things it gives you courage and if you look at the word courage, it has the French word car in it. So to live an amazing life, you need courage. You need to be connected to the heart. The more gratitude you have, the more you feel love for yourself, for others. And it allows you to receive the message from your soul, inspiration. When you look at the word inspiration, in means within. Asian is a condition of spirit, inspiration. So all of this together gives you wisdom. And um, the more we come from there, the more fulfillment you experience. It's it's an amazing way of living the journey.
0: Right. And, you know, we're taught that information comes from outside of us, in a classroom, a teacher, you know, government, when what you're saying is that we need to go inside to find our own wisdom.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure, like right now with this thing that's happening in the world, people are living in fear, but I know I was a chiropractor for 22 years. On average, I saw 8,000 patient visits a year. And in 22 years of being a chiropractor, I missed four days of work. I know the power of the immune system. And I call that the health triangle. To be healthy, you need to have the structural, the biochemical, and the emotional. So the structural is exercising is important, getting massage, chiropractic care, all the things that can you know fine tune your your body. It's known that people who exercise don't get as sick as often. The other one is biochemical. Everything we eat, everything we drink. Even the creams we put on ourselves, the electromagnetic fields around us, all these things have an impact on our, on our body, on our biochemistry. And the last one is emotions. And emotions, I would say, are almost 60% of our health because that's one of the things that got me inspired also to go into the mind-body work. Because As a chiropractor, I could see the people who were inspired were happy in life they didn't get sick as often and if they got sick something happened to them they healed a lot faster
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's why i love homeopathy because it takes into consideration the mind the emotion and the physical symptoms which are usually a mirror of what's going on in the mind Mm
1: -hmm. exactly and and health never comes from drugs or vaccines or any of these things that they want. to But like, people really need to realize the dangers of relying on drugs instead of our, uh, strengthening our own immune system.
0: Yeah. And so you said that you think that emotion and the mind is 60% of, of our own health. Mm-hmm.
1: That's, yeah, yeah it, it's it's known. People are happy. Like I was reading some a long time ago, um, some kind of stats about who uses the hospital system the most, and something like sixty to seventy percent of the hospital use happen in the lower social economic class. The people who have less hope, hopelessness will kill you faster than anything else. The number of people right now are committing suicide. I have one of my clients she's a nurse and she works at St Michael Hospital and I was asking her you know is there really that many people with covid in the hospital no there's like 1.1.7 apparently right now in all of ontario that have uh, are in the hospital so um but she says there's 17 to 75 suicides a month right now and that counts so it's it's crazy yeah it's crazy yeah. what's happening with with this right now we really need to start coming from the heart we need to let go of the fear we need to transcend what's happening uh, like we know for example 80 percent of the people who end up with you know severe cases of covid they they're depleted in vitamin d3 the sun vitamin that's why every winter we have the flu and um increasing your, um, your vitamin D3 level, you should be between 40 to 60 nanogram per milliliter. If you have that, you're probably pretty good <laughs> bulletproof. The stats came out in Ontario outside the old folks' home, the retirement home. So we we can do a lot right now to help ourselves
0: yeah and connecting to nature and natural sunlight if you can and is mm-hmm. really important too mm-hmm. so i love what you're talking about is you know often we do wake up to what you're saying through a lot of people call it the dark night of the soul mm-hmm. i've experienced that too and then the thirst for information Um, if you've decided you're going to heal your heart is immense. But I find that um, when I'm in a bit of a difficult place, one of the ways I'll get get out of it, like you say, is gratitude. But I'll often ask, how can I help? I'll ask the universe, how can I help? Which I think connects to me to my life purpose.
1: Yeah, the life purpose for sure helps to feel happy in this world. But the biggest thing I've learned is, and I I use this metaphor and it works quite well as a metaphor. is, The scientist is observing a butterfly coming out of a cocoon and it's a huge struggle. It takes hours and hours and hours just to be nice to the butterfly. It cuts the cocoon open. But by doing that, the butterfly has nothing to fired against to struggle against so it swings are weak it can never fly and it dies that way so to to experience happiness making sure we find gratitude even for the most challenging experience of our lives that's why i told you that's what i was shown when i had that deep spiritual experience i was shown that to be able to look at every single thing that's ever been challenging and see the growth, the thing we needed to learn from it. So we can look at you know the yin and the yang again, the light and the dark. And either side, where we're being challenged or being supported, all of this is support. It's guiding us. So in the midst of any challenge, you ask yourself since my soul loves me, why should I be getting this challenge right now? What am I supposed to learn? What is is the illusion that I'm covering? Something about me not being worthy of love. Like what is the illusion? That's why I love doing this subconscious work because people come to see me, my clients who are used to me to come, I know something is going on because right now I'm feeling this way, even though nothing really is happening and everything is beautiful, but I'm still, and so we can find the stories I have behind. And then you're right when you have a statement of purpose when you live for something greater than yourself it always makes you feel better always makes you feel better my most miserable clients are the ones who only have to worry about themselves they're like their whole world uh, is centered around their own belly button the whole universe is centered around the belly button and they end up paralyzed with fear and anxiety people who have something greater than themselves are able to pull themselves out. That's why parents often will have like super powerful, superhuman powers because you're able to, you know, go on for weeks without hardly any any sleep and having everything disruptive in your life, and you still manage to make it. Why? Because there's something greater than yourself. There's love. There's an inspiration. There's something you want to do, and when you have a purpose. And for me, a statement of purpose, I believe, and this is the the statement of purpose that I start each and every one of my clients on. is like I, your name, hereby declare that my primary purpose in life is to be loving of myself, others, and God by unfolding my highest human spiritual potential and inspiring others to do the same. And That, I believe, is the the reason we come here. It's like if you look at a child and you look at, you know, you can have three children and you look like this one would be really good at doing this. This other one would be more artistic. This other one would be more athletic. The other one is more academic. And you look at each one. And if you're a parent who's conscious, you're going to strive to bring the best out of each one of them, not for what you want, but for what you feel their essence is calling. And by unfolding that in your children, the world benefits from that. Well, as adults, we don't, we don't, not supposed to have our parents looking up, you know, to do this. This is our job. Our job is to love ourselves enough to pay attention to who we are and see the gifts that we are and strive to bring them into the world. Because when we give those things, we end up feeling so fulfilled. And those gifts that we were able to share with the world usually came through struggle. We had to run away from some kind of painful situation that forced us to unfold this potential, and that's how we end up benefiting the world. And not all the time, but often. So, just like me, I grew up in a family where, you know, I felt like an alien. And a lot of people grew up that way. Not that my parents were not good parents, but. I had desires of all kinds of grand things like I like I love philosophy and classical music and travels and these things. And my parents had none of these desires. I couldn't look up to my parents to be my guide. So what did I do? I read a lot of books. And then what do I do now? I'm a guide to many people. So the thing that we feel is most missing is the thing we end up giving to the world and and if you can start looking at every single thing that ever happened in your life every challenge every support you will see that the universe was conspiring to bring the best out of yourself into the world
0: yeah so beautiful i can attest to that why do you think it's so covered up why so few are aware of this
1: Why is it covered up? I think there's um a time for it. I think at the collective unconscious, i this is what I'm hoping is going to happen right now through all of these things in 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 the world, is that it's forcing people to ask themselves questions that come from within instead of from without. And that there's a time to wake up and there's a time there's you've you've heard of the hundred monkey effect. Yeah. Um there was a monkey on an island all of a sudden decided to wash its coconut. And then all the monkeys on the island very soon afterwards started to wash their coconut. But what ended up happening after it was super interesting is there was another researcher on another island that started to observe that the monkeys were starting to wash their coconuts too. So at the collective unconscious, we are connected. We are one gigantic mind. And I think that through what's happening right now, we're being forced to wake up to decide like is what i'm being told the right thing is that the truth or is that am i being manipulated from the outside and i find my clients who come to see me because they're driven living from their heart they have a very clear healthy response of what's happening and they don't have the same fear that the people who are not connected in their heart have
0: because mm-hmm. they have a connection to an inner awareness and mm-hmm. with that there's less fear Just mm-hmm. more empowered. there's
1: a lot less fear
0: yeah mm-hmm. so what are some of the things that you teach people to start this connection can you share a bit of that gratitude
1: well i it's a it's a whole process i i have coaching programs and my coaching programs like people the minimum is six months because less than six months you won't have the results it's like if you join a gym how long does it take before you have results you Mm -hmm. know if you go for a week you're gonna have some results but six months from now you're gonna feel like wow and then when people start to see the results they're really inspired and they want to keep going so um people come to see me and we have i have a weekend called extreme freedom and um it's the extreme freedom retreat and I teach the tool called the De Martini Method. The De Martini Method it gives you the, a big picture of your life that you're able to use to find gratitude for everything that's ever happened to you. So yeah, I find gratitude is the key because as soon as you are grateful, you increase your self worth. I'm going to repeat this. As soon as you're grateful, you increase your self worth. So self worth is key for living an amazing life, for attracting all kinds of great things on the outside. If you have poor self-esteem, poor self-worth, you know, you end up getting from life what life wants to give you. So gratitude is the key. I teach people the De Martini method, a whole philosophy of that. And then on the following day, I teach people how to create a statement of purpose for their lives, to have something greater than themselves. Because there are so many ways that we can use our time. I can make you a prophecy. Your life, 10 years from now, is going to be exactly how you use your time. If you use your time doing things that fulfill your heart, 10 years from now, you're going to be fulfilled. And if you use your time, you know, and always the next shiny object, the new thing you're supposed to like or dislike, and watching all these things happening around you, 10 years from now, you're just going to be miserable. So taking the time, to me, it's so obvious that, every single one of us should love ourselves enough to live the best life possible. And most of us are still stuck in stage one. What happens in stage one? If you're a baby and you cry, you have a boo-boo, you're upset, what do you do? You raise your hands up and you ask mommy to come and shush you and make you feel better. That's great when you're a kid, but ultimately... We shouldn't be relying on our spouse, on our friends to make us happy. We need to stop that. We need to start looking within. We need to shift to stage two and we need to do what I mentioned earlier. We need to first acknowledge that we are worthy of love and any story that stands in the way of that, we need to eliminate that. And then we need to become clear on um, why we're here and what the things we wanna accomplish. So again, it's about knowing you're worthy of love, finding the subconscious beliefs that i have created the illusion you're unworthy of love. And then the other one is your statement of purpose. So creating a purpose for your life and letting go of any illusion that you are unworthy of love, that's the key. And then it's about organizing your time to enjoy and rejoice in the process of life. Because, you know, if I ask any of you right now, I have a I have a very big ax right now and I could go and visit you and I could stop, you know, if you're miserable right now and you think life is not worth living, I could, you know, help you exit. Most of you would say, "Uh, I don't think so. Why? Because even though we feel like it's challenging, there's a part of us that really wants to explore this life. There's so much to learn and grow. And so if we're going to be here, might as well learn to be grateful for this life that we have. And that starts the whole process of living, you know, from the heart and being happy.
0: Yeah, and it snowballs.
1: Yep. You know, you know um, I've I read the Bible, but I know I don't do that every day. But in the Bible, it says, to those who have, more is given. To those who don't, more is taken away. And the more abundant you feel because you're grateful, the more you receive. That's what I've seen in my life and the life of my clients the more we are grateful the more we attract things to make us feel grateful and the more we attract those things the more grateful we are and it's an amazing shift in in our experience of life
0: yes i i was thinking about the fundamental subconscious beliefs and and you're saying it's i'm not worthy of love the other one i hear is and I think it's the same thing, just that I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. But I think it all melts down to the same belief.
1: I, you know, as a chiropractor, I always look like someone could come and see me with a headache. Someone could come and see me with a, a sinus infection or whatever. I would always look for the cause. What? Because to me, those are the symptoms. So I always try to look for what's the cause that's creating, you know, the, this ease on the outside. And it's this i can guarantee you at the core of each emotion is the illusion of being unworthy of love
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and yeah and i say this emotions are guides to show you where you have the illusion of being unworthy of love emotions are guides to show you where you have the illusion of being unworthy of love so even elation when you're so elated you know, you're infatuated, you met this new person and you think, wow, I'm going to marry this person next month. I can't live without this person. Or you got this new job or you won this grand prize. The reason we're so elated is because it's compensating for a sensation within ourselves that somehow I'm not good enough. And all of a sudden you've proven the other, the other side is like, you can't believe it. So even elation at the core shows us that it stems from an illusion of being unworthy of love because if you're connected in your heart and things like this happen it's beautiful but it feels quiet that's the difference and i'm writing a book right now it's called love is safe if it's not safe it's not love because people get so scared and shut down their heart because they've been infatuated with things ideas people And then because we go in such a high, which comes from feeling unworthy of love, it always crashes down to the other extreme. And then people become afraid of of admitting what they want in life. And they build some more the illusion that something is wrong with them. So emotions are guides to show us where we have the illusion of being unworthy of love. So they're friends. They're not foes. They're they're really there. And when you have the right tool, you can find what's the illusion right now that's making me feel this way. Because it, it is an illusion. You, every single one of us is worthy of love because is a baby worthy of love? Is a toddler in the throes of the terrible two still worthy of love? Is a teenager worthy of love? <laughs> is it 30, 50, 80? At what point do we stop being worthy of love? Yeah. we stop being worthy of love when we decide it and when we decide we are on we are not worthy of love we start creating dynamics within ourselves and sometimes it makes us so miserable that people don't want to hang around us but the truth is at the core each and every one of us we are worthy of love and by disconnecting from the heart we end up experiencing emotions that then may, can make us you know more difficult to live around but the truth is each and every one of us, we're worthy of love. And if we, if we hope for others to love us, we need to take responsibility to do the work to let go of any illusion that we are unworthy of love. It's our job. We cannot be, and I use this big word, hypocrite. We cannot be hypocrite and expect the world around us to want to take better care of us than we are willing to take care of ourselves. And to take care of ourselves, we need to do the work to let go of the illusion that we are unworthy of love. And then we need to do the work of admitting what it is we want, and then organizing our time on making this happen. And it's not selfish to do this, because if you love yourself, you're gonna want to have loving people in your life. And to have loving people in your life, you need to participate in the dynamic. So it's a very balanced way of reaching for your dream life or living an amazing life is to basically go to that, that yin yang visual yin, listen to your heart that wants you to know you're worthy of love and admit your dreams and aspiration. Then the yang get yourself into action to give your heart what it wants.
0: Yeah. And, you know, just realizing that this is all just stored in our unconscious mind. It's like our unconscious mind records everything. So once we realize that it's just a program mm-hmm. and that we have the ability to reprogram it or rewire it and mm-hmm. we're empowered to do so
1: yep yeah it's just a programming just like if you have a computer you can have a hard drive you can have a you know the, the computer itself and you can have different video games you can have video games where you're going to go play war and if you play war your hands are going to get sweaty your heart rate is going to increase you're going to feel stressed out and then you can have a video game from the HeartMath institute and it's a really fun game that allows you to feel more connected and get you know better at at controlling yourself and bringing yourself back in co- into coherence and the game is there's a there's a hot air balloon and you have like a, a feedback mechanism that you can clip on your earlobe and if you are in your heart the the hot air balloon goes up. And if you get out of your heart, the hot air balloon goes down. So you start with the video game, and at first it's easy, you're in your heart. But all of a sudden, goodness gracious, there's a tree in front of me. It's like, oh my goodness, there's a tree. Now you go into fear, you disconnect from the heart. So now your balloon starts to go down and you hit the tree. <laughs> <So> <laughs> you, you can learn to be very masterful as staying in your heart no matter what's happening on the outside. Yeah. And, Isn't, yeah. So if we use different programming we can experience you know depending on the software you're using you can experience war or you can experience inner peace. So I I sorry I blocked you. I Oh no, it's it's
0: good. It's good. I, is this an actual video game? I haven't I don't yeah. know what this. Where can people find it? I think that's wonderful.
1: Um, I, I got it from the Heart Math Institute. I'm a, I'm a okay. certified Heart Math uh, facilitator. And um, yeah, I, I, I played that game quite a few times. It's a fun game.
0: <laughs> and just, just tell us what coherence is for people that don't realize.
1: Coherence is when you're able to be in your heart. I find gratitude brings you into coherence quite quickly. And when you're in coherence, you align your emotions and your mind altogether and your heartbeat your heart rhythm will show you'll be able to, to see how and, and the impact that it has on your health like your blood pressure stabilizes your blood sugar stabilizes like all kinds of your endocrine system all kinds of things happen when you're in coherence when you are in your heart when you are in gratitude
0: yeah so it yeah it, it influences our whole physiological makeup
1: yes it's um it's been shown to um help you access your genius when you're in the heart. you create what's called entrainment um entrainment you might have seen this if you have ten grandfather clocks together in a in a house after a while, even though the pendulum the big pendulum is swinging differently at first with time all the pendulum will end up swinging together. You can actually google it and go on YouTube. And uh, there's an experiment with uh, a metronome and, me- uh, I don't know, like 10 metronomes. And metronomes are supposed to keep time. But at first, they're all in different sync. And after, I think it takes like a minute and a half, all the metronomes starts to beat in time. They all start to align. So it's called entrainment. That's why it's important who we hang around with. Because mm-hmm. they've done, the Hard Math Institute has done studies where. When you're sitting beside someone, their coherence their electromagnetic field ends up impacting you. so when you are in coherence you you entrain you and you align your mind and your emotions together, and you make a conduit and you access your genius. We all have the ability to be geniuses
0: well, nassim Hirameen talks about this too and how when you're aligned like this in coherence you're connected to the unified field which
1: which is where the genius comes from (laughs) exactly
0: and so our heart is is connected to our soul and which is connected to this unified field in our genius
1: yes and i i fully see that in my own life when when I'm working with a client and I'm fully in my heart and I'm fully present, I end up having downloads. Like I'm basically I have access to information that allows me to have amazing results with my clients. And it happens when I'm sitting there in coherence, within my heart, fully open, and you get information you would never get otherwise. If you're sitting there with a client and you go, oh my goodness, can I help this person? What am I going to do? Are they going to like me? All of these things. Then you don't get any good information. But the more you're present, the more you're in coherence, the more you can have access to that genius part we're talking about that then gives the, gets the results that we're all looking for. The yeah. little miracles that come from that synchronicity.
0: Yeah. And when you get those downloads, you can't miss it. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty incredible. There's, you know, there's something I want to talk about, because I feel a lot of women go into postpartum depression. And I think it's part of, uh, for me, it was part of my awakening. Because I had read all this information, I knew a lot about it. But when I had twins, I really had to face my, I guess my ego side, my dark side, and realized that I was still looking for love from outside of myself. Because when you become a mother, you become selfless. And before you're a mother, you can, get, you can still be a child in a way. You can still get love from outside, from your partner, from your parents. But there's a sudden change when you become a mother in that you no longer have access to that in the same way?
1: That is such a common, such a common thing. Whenever I work with new parents, but especially mom to a new baby, that brand new baby, the one thing I always do with them is to get them to take time off. If you want to be a great mom, you have no choice but to set up Babysitting, changing with your partner, organizing parents, grandparents to come and help because otherwise, this is exactly what happens you don't have the time to connect with your own self and to nurture yourself, and you end up so stressed out and depressed it's it's a very very challenging time to be a parent like you say you i remember my sister <laughs> crying saying i just want my boobs back <laughs> and you're
0: angry at your husband cuz he doesn't give you the time anymore but there is none like
1: you're exactly and we become like like a child because we want someone on the outside to make it you know to take the boo boo away but your partner is just as exhausted, and often what happens is, the more the mother goes into mothering mode, the more the father goes into business and making sure that there's enough food and all that stuff. Like I've seen it because I work with enough male clients as well that you know, they take it seriously. All of a sudden, they have and they feel like all of a sudden they're like the warriors, and they have to to really take care of their family. And they, it's a serious thing for them. And they move into this male action driven thing. And the, the mother feels exhausted and she just wants some nurturing from her husband, but he's just as exhausted. So this is the most challenging time of a relationship. I find when both partners are in the high, it's like, wow, we're both rocking it and we, we meet this person and we think this person is amazing. We're both on the high. I've met my soulmate. Like, no doubt in our minds, we are soulmates. And then one of us is on a high, the other one is on the low, so we can help each other. And then it switches, you know, go back and forth. But when both partners are on the low, when both partners are depleted that's when you have to be really, really conscious and go, okay, right now I'm just exhausted. I'm not going to start blaming my spouse for that because actually today what I didn't do is I had time to go lie down and I didn't do it. And I did this instead. And now I'm tired. I'm exhausted and I'm cranky and I'm upset because I didn't do this for myself. So it's super important to be conscious when, when in these situation. And you are a better mother if you take the time for yourself. That's that's why in the olden days, in known villages, and, and especially in the tribes and other countries, you know, a whole village raises a child because that way you're not constantly having to take care of someone's needs. You can have a break. You don't need the break all the time, but you definitely need... Like a new mom you need to have at least an hour a day with yourself and on the weekend at least half a day where you just maybe have a bath and candles and you you're not a mom anymore you're yourself and that way also you avoid the problems with sex because when a a woman is exhausted she i you know she doesn't own herself and her partner wants to touch her and the last thing she wants to like get away from me i'm going to <laughs> scratch the eyes out of your skull it's like i i have nothing for me i'm not going to give it to you but it's just as important for the the partner who wants sex than the person who doesn't want to have sex and you're not going to be able to want to have sex with someone uh if you don't have time to nurture yourself so it helps you be a better spouse, it helps you be a better mother, it helps you have more fun and enjoy being a mother as opposed to being resentful, having the, the child. Because I remember I had one of my clients come to see me and she says, I knew it was time for me to get a nanny. The day I had a dream that my husband brought me my child to nurse and I took my son and I threw him against the wall. <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's the deep, dark secret, like mothers feel like, "Oh my God, I must be a degenerate mother for feeling that way. No, I can't tell you from working with enough mothers at the core, it's normal to have these feelings if you're not organizing your time. You have no choice. this is it's a nine one one thing you need to do. you have no choice, it's not selfish, it's not because you're weak. You really need to organize yourself to have time just for yourself. It's going to make you a lot happier. It's going to make you a better mother. Otherwise, you become cranky. and Then your kids feel, what's wrong? You're better off taking the time off than to be cranky.
0: Yeah. I remember being, like, I had twins, so it was double. That's even more Yeah. But being really angry that my husband couldn't be there for me. And he was doing exactly what you said, going off and being the breadwinner and making sure the family was looked after and you're left alone. And I just remember realizing one day you're acting like a child, you're looking for love outside yourself. And you even have this instinctual idea that you just want to run you know <laughs> run, and
1: just run
0: and find love or something
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but understandable like if we're like right now those of you are listening if that you know if you blame yourself for having had those feelings you're just a normal human being yes but there's a cure the cure is no choice you need to carve time for yourself
0: yeah and I, go I,
1: I have i have a client she called me I think she called me in February or March. And I thought, oh my goodness, we had a, 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 an exploration call to get, together. And I'm going, I hope she signs up for me because she was at our mind's ends. Like she was like, I could feel the stress. She was gonna have a burnout. She, She felt like she was feeling as a mother. She was feeling as a spouse she she didn't feel like she was accomplishing anything in her life and the only thing i did with her but not the only thing but the first thing i did with her was to say all right our kids were not very young they were like they're more like a teenage like 10 and 14. i said okay the first thing you're going to do is you're going to have one weekend off by yourself a month (laughs) and you're going to have every day an hour for yourself and then, you know, I just helped her feel like she was still a good mother. All these things are happening. And now, six months from now, we we just finished our uh, six months evaluation. And like she is so much happier, so much more at peace. Her relationship with her husband is so much better. Everything has changed because... She just started to take the time to nurture herself, like you said, not looking for the outside. She had to take responsibility for feeling fatigued and stressed out and depressed and at the verge of a nervous breakdown. It's, It's dangerous because what happens if you don't do it, you drain the adrenal glands. And when you drain the adrenal glands, it's horrible because the body is amazing. But for some reason, when you drain the adrenals, then you have a hard time sleeping. And if you're not sleeping, you're draining the adrenals some more, and then your hormones get all out of whack, and it's it's a dangerous path to go on. We, you have no choice if you're a new mom right now, or even a mom of older children, but feel you're always giving and giving and giving and giving to others. You have no choice but to start giving to yourself. It is not selfish. It's not because you're inadequate. It's normal. I had one woman say, "I got together. You know, my." girlfriends and they all talk about it you know how it's like i think they're all lying (laughs) because i'm certain that at some point they feel this way
0: yeah that's why i brought it up we need to talk about it Mm -hmm. and when i take cases too people are so after they tell me you know about what's going on in their unconscious or their subconscious and you know they're deep things that really bother them they're so bothered by it but i'm like we're human this happens to everybody we're all programmed between zero and seven
1: (laughs) right yeah
0: so it's universal
1: like that goes back also to what i was talking about admitting that we are worthy of love yeah it's not because you're feeling upset that you know are angry right now you wish you didn't have your kids this is what happens you really wish some days you didn't have your kids doesn't make you a horrible person it's because at that point you're so angry with yourself that you're feeling that way it makes you feel unworthy of love so if you're worthy of love and you're exhausted you're going to take time for yourself <laughs> you're going to find a way you can barter with the neighbor who's got kids or you can get your mom your dog, you're going to find a way even if you don't have the money to do this you can find ways of of giving yourself time
0: yeah and just to shine light on these thoughts right because we keep them so buried and then we feel guilty and then we feel more unworthy of love <laughs> Exactly.
1: yeah and like this is what we can be super healing today by just saying that like it's normal to feel this way you're not a horrible mother for feeling this way you're actually a normal human being and you are learning to love. Like I say that all the time, the aim of a relationship is not to make us happy. Like often that's the other thing like, oh, I'm going to get pregnant. And I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to be a mom. And it's going to be amazing. And then you get a child. It's like, oh my God, all the work. So the, the, the more infatuated we were with wanting to be a mother, the more challenging it's going to be afterwards. So that's, it's not only that. So The more we listen to a heart that says, I'm worthy of love. I'm going to admit my dreams and aspirations. So right now I'm worthy of love. I can actually admit that I'm tired, that I need a break, that I need someone right now. And if it cannot be my spouse because he's busy, you know, making sure that we are going to be safe, how can I create something? How can I organize my time so that I have time for myself? there are solutions
0: yeah and to see the positive in it
1: yeah because yeah short-term vision when we're just looking it's like we can't imagine this stopping but at some point the kids are being grown up and you're going to go dang i wish i had taken more time to have more fun with them yeah and actually i'm not recommending divorce but when Uh, couples divorce often what happens is you have if you have the kids one week that week they're there you're happy they're there and you want to be present with them and the connections are deeper and the week they're not there then you have all this time for yourself organizing all the other things so in a way it makes people feel less stressed out when they are with the kids so you don't have to divorce to do this if you're smart you have to organize yourself so there's time for you And then there's the time when you're with the kids where you actually are fully enjoying it, having fun, opening your heart to them.
0: Right? I remember having that realization too, like, you know, when they're really little and you have no time for yourself. I was like, that's the answer. Divorce. Then I only have (laughs) But then I could laugh at it and realize, you know, what the problem was and proceed to do something about it.
1: exactly (laughs) and if you think something is wrong for having those feelings then you don't want to you don't want to look at a solution but when you go all right this is how i'm feeling yeah this is this is an analogy i have like the heart is like the sun and emotions are like the clouds and it's easy on a cloudy day to believe there's no sun but the sun is always there and you can be tired and exhausted and believe I don't want my kids right now. But you know, deep down, you love your kids and you want them. It's just having to manage the emotions. Yeah. Those clouds there. <laughs> and there's cloudier days than others. And, and you know, I, I I think there's a benefit to being a woman and having periods because every month we kind of feel these things like you're watching a commercial on TV and you're crying and then, you know, and you just start, you know, realizing, Oh, this is not the truth. It's just my hormones. It's just an emotion. So women, we have a built in mechanism to help us disconnect from emotions. We know oh, this is just a chemical reality. It's not the truth.
0: Yeah, that's a huge understanding too, isn't it? When that when that dawns, that every thought isn't truth, or every emotion isn't truth. So, Doctor Janelle, this has been an incredible conversation. Do you have? first a nugget that you know a, a final thing that you would like to leave with our listeners and then I'd like you to tell people how they can get in touch with you
1: sure there's one trick that can really change your life and that trick is in the midst of any situation whether it's support or challenge you take a deep breath and you go since I'm worthy of love how am I going to use what's happening to my advantage? How am I going, what am I going to learn? So always use, since I'm worthy of love. It could be having a challenge with your spouse and you think your spouse doesn't love you, you can start, since my spouse loves me, what's really going on? So that, you know, it now it makes us more mature. If you're at the at the restaurant and something happens and you're upset with it, you just take a breath in. Since I'm worthy of love, what's really going on? That way it helps us not to be so emotional and we can come more from the heart. It it really makes a huge difference. Like, remember this, like make this your, your go-to sentence. Brainwash yourself. Use it all the time. Make it your default sentence. Since I'm worthy of love, what's really going on? Since I'm worthy of love, since my soul loves me, what am I supposed to learn right now? I... I use that trick i think it's a really good trick and if people want also i have a um a meditation that you can download for free it's called the heart freedom meditation heartfreedommeditation.com and it's a five minute meditation it's going to help you be in your heart and experience more gratitude for yourself and others so i can i can uh, highly recommend it and if you want to find out more about my coaching programs, I have all kinds of programs. I have one called Soulworthy Love that's designed to help if you're in a relationship, deepen the relationship with your spouse so you can experience true happiness. Because I find a lot of people are married, but they feel lonelier than when they were single. And there's, uh, you can, there's also one for single people. I have my Heart Mastery coaching program. Uh, you can just call 416 success so that's my phone number, 416Success. And uh, you can go on my website, drlisejanelle.com or centerforheartliving.com. These are all the places you'll be able to find me.
0: Perfect. And I'm going to put those in the description. I'll get all those links and put them in. Thank you so much. Oh, that was, was, that was a beautiful conversation.
1: Thank you.
0: And for everyone out there, don't forget don't give away your power to anyone else, just go be you and be the wave.